Oh, hello, my beautiful beanies, and welcome to the Bean for Wednesday. First with yesterday's news, I am Glenn ZB. We're looking back at uh, Tuesday, and uh, we'll have to talk about the uh, the national cabinet reshuffle. Um, glyphosate on sports fields is an ish. Um, Viagra can help with Alzheimer's. Can't wait to find out what that's about. And we've got a bit of uh, uh, biscuit sampler talk. Because it's that time of year where people give them and get them. Uh, but before any of that, uh, the, the Northland border. What the hell's happening? Now, come December 15th, that hard checkpoint on the northern and southern boundaries was meant to be going. However, it turns out the police are building up a roster of about 300 staff to work at checkpoints in Northland. You what? Grant Robertson, as you'll have heard, trotted out that operational decision line yesterday. But is that really true? If it was true, as Heather asked him, what was the point of making law? So it's actually OK to have an iwi-led roadblock, provided the police are there. How have police calculated they need 300 staff to support these supposedly random checks. What have they been told about plans for roadblocks that isn't in the public domain? Who is really driving this? Have the government and police been pushed into maintaining checkpoints by the inference that, hey, look, if you don't do it, we'll do it. What is it really going to be like come December the 15th? Who is really going to be running the show? And come to that... Who's really running the country? I had to remind myself the other day uh, that um, they're not necessarily going to prevent you from entering Northland, of course. Um, the people who are doing the roadblocks. I mean, I, don't get me wrong, it's ridiculous that the that people who aren't police are going to be stopping traffic. That's dumb. But, you know, assuming you're vaccinated they'll let you through so yeah it's not like they won't let you through and I have to keep reminding myself that I guess is that it's not the central issue but we're not saying you won't be able to get into Northland this summer that's that it, don't think that anyway our national if they were in charge they'd fix it all of course but it is, it is looking capable in the way that Christopher Luxon was appointed as leader of National shows a party that's unified and on song, not riven with inner feuding. So it looks strong, it looks like a good lineup, and it looks like an alternative, which is the best we've seen for a very long time. Speaking of Todd Muller, though, he's now decided he will in fact be standing in the Bay of Plenty electorate after announcing in June that he'd be retiring at the next election. The electorate chair said he had plenty of support to stand again. She's delighted. He says he's re-energised and ready to go after his infamous meltdown when he was the National Party leader for a very short time. And I think he should be given a chance to do it again. I'd I'd be very interested to hear from the people of Bay of Plenty. He's your MP after all. It'll be up to you whether he gets his job back again. According to the electorate chair, he has plenty of support. Is that among the party faithful in the Bay of Plenty, or is it among the actual voters? See, 
The problem with me is I get distracted so easily. And I know she said electric chair, but it sounded like she she said electric chair. And then I just, there were a whole sorts of other things that started bouncing around in my head as a result of that. I, I need to stop doing that sort of thing, but I can't help myself. You think that's an issue? I think it's probably an issue. Is uh, glyph- using glyphosate to get rid of weeds around sports fields, is that an issue? Yeah, I had an issue. Um, I managed some sports grounds and they used glyphosate and line marking paint and it became apparent because everything was dying rather rapidly. And, of course, it came to a head because we don't allow that because it causes rutting which then leads to later on possible injuries like ankles, etc., um, in sports, but like rugby, for example. But anyway, so I come to a head and I said, what did you use in the line marking paint? And he says, oh, just a bit of Roundup, you know, glyphosate. Yeah. He says, oh, it's as safe as coffee. You know, it, you know, it's as safe as, you know, drinking coffee. He says, oh, I don't want kids sliding on that stuff for a starter. Mm-hmm. But anyway, then I said to him, says, I'll tell you what, tomorrow I'll invite you, invite you around to my smoko room. I'll have a cup of coffee and I'll give you a cup of glyphosate. He never turned up. <laughs> <laughs> Surprised? <laughs> no, no, but further on, I'm back, man. I've read it quite a bit about it over the years because I do use it. I handle it quite a lot. Um, and I know I've read about uh, in places like Central America, Guatemala, where they, where they grow bananas, they use it. Huge copious amounts of glyphosate. Mm. A lot of the workers there are um, it's suffered from uh, being sterile, mm. kidney liver disease, etc. And because those countries are not pretty high on using safety equipment, etc., yeah. and they just liberally spray it in their bare feet, etc., etc. So they're getting exposed to it all the time. But that has come out of it. And you got to remember too, it's a man-made chemical. Yeah, I mean. Everything in moderation, right? I think that applies to weed sprays as well, doesn't it? Also, we get a bit carried away with the um, comparing it to drinking coffee. Like the main reason I don't have a cup of glyphosate when I come into work in the morning, there's a couple of reasons. No caffeine, as far as I'm aware, in there, which is the main reason I'm drinking coffee. And also, I don't think it would taste as nice as coffee. Maybe it would. I don't know. And it would probably work out to be quite expensive as well, I feel like. I mean, coffee's getting expensive, don't get me wrong, but probably not as expensive as glyphosate, even concentrated. Um, maybe I should give it a go. Maybe it would give me a bit of pep. I don't know. Because you never know. Like It turns out that Viagra is uh, great for uh, helping offset Alzheimer's. Does this sound credible to you? Um, it, it's, it's credible, um, but it's possibly a bit premature to think that you should all be taking vitamin V. Um, it, it, it was an eye-catching report when it first came out in the Guardian a few, a few weeks ago, a week or so mm-hmm. ago. Um, it, they did a big study looking at a... 1,600 drugs which they thought might just help with Alzheimer's disease in the Cleveland Clinic. And then they went into the health data, insurance data in the United States, and out of a seven, seven and a half million people approximately, they discovered this relationship that people who are on the, I presume blokes, who are on the Sildenafil and Viagra had a lower probability 
probability of developing Alzheimer's disease over six years. So, yeah, and then they went on to the laboratory and discovered how that might occur. They showed that it increased um, dendrites and nerve growth and uh, reduced uh, some other processes which we people believe in that do get uh, excited so about for Alzheimer's disease. I don't think you should be saying get excited about. So is it on account of the fact, is it is it the pill that's helping out here or is it the extra hanky-panky from using the pill that's helping out? Well, I suppose it's a good question. Is it? Because that, I was literally going to ask that question as a joke. Like I had it all ready to go. I was going to say, well, how do you know that if it's a Viagra or if it's just like having heaps of extra sex? It's, and then the healer stole my joke. And then the medical man said that it might be. I don't know what's real anymore. So I'm just going to have heaps of biscuits. It was always a big feature of Christmas was the box of biscuits. The sampler. Is that still a thing? Because I'm not seeing many different ones you can get anymore, just the Griffins one. I've always loved the Christmas tradition of the Christmas sampler. Um, but Jeepers Creepers, why the crispy biscuit would belong. If I have been offered a Christmas sampler, the Griffins, first biscuits I'm going to have is those pink and white striped ones that are like eating sweetened air. I've got a soft spot for those. It'll be those first. Then the ones covered in sprinkles. I wouldn't touch the shortbread. I wouldn't touch the chocolate ratings. I wouldn't trust the, trust touch the chocolate I wouldn't eat any of the others and I certainly wouldn't eat the crispies over my dead body why anyone will put the crispies in a sampler box I've got no idea but yeah I expected the boxes of biscuits to be slightly more kind of um upmarket looks terribly dowdy chocolate thins chocolate crispies chocolate wheatens crispies dark chocolate wheatens toffee pops butter shortbread <sighs> pink wafer a chit chat and a hundred and thousand biscuit this looks terrible see this is one of those times where marcus has enraged me this is what i sound like when i'm enraged by the way i know it's hard to tell the difference but i'm a seething mess um because i've got a lot of time for the crispy i can eat a whole packet of crispies just like that Boom. never underestimate the charm of a plain biscuit if, if you've got it absolutely right i like how you know there's an under there's a Quite an underlying saltiness to them. They're not just sweet. Don't you find? But Marcus has completely missed the point of the biscuit sampler there, I think. You've got to have um, some shit biscuits in there to throw the, the awesome biscuits into sharp relief. And, um, and then it becomes, depending on how big the family is and when it gets opened at Christmas, a bit of a, a, a race to the, the nicer biscuits. So ideally, um, you want to arrange it so that gets opened, the, the biscuit sampler, when nobody else is around. I'm not sure how you can arrange that. I think people would notice that you'd arrange that. But then you... See, I definitely have saved the best for last kind of a guy. So you eat the shit biscuits first and then save the good ones to last, don't you? Surely that's just logic, isn't it, Marcus? I don't know what you're talking about. Don't get angry about um, the shit biscuits. That they're there for a reason. It's like, you know, you wouldn't know what a sunny day was if you didn't have a few rainy days. You see what I'm saying?
got a bit philosophical here at the end of the podcast. I'm Glenn ZB. Uh, who knows what amazing pearls of wisdom I'll have for you tomorrow. Uh, come back here to find out. Thank you.